on earth are you? We are in the final week of the Shedinburgh Fringe, which means that, start the violins, I will be disappearing from your airwaves and Brian will be back doing his thing on the Perme very soon. I have had such a brilliant time being here with you, being the bridge between you and all of the fabulous artists. I have learned a lot and hopefully I haven't talked too much nonsense along the way. I was going to use a different word, but I'll keep it PC. I don't know why I am doing the goodbye speech just now because, but just in case I forget, it has been a pleasure and never, ever, ever a chore. Okay, last night in the shed we had the brilliant Essex Girl by Maria Ferguson. I related to this show so much. This is a real nostalgia piece that took me back to my teenage years and all of the stuff that me and my mates got up to. It was great to talk to Maria about growing up and also having a bit of, laugh, bit of a laugh about how seriously you take things when you're younger that have absolutely no impact on the grand scheme of your life. Although I do wish that I had taken my exams slightly more seriously. Regrets? I've had a few. This is a play about being a girl being an Essex girl, people's views and treatment of young women and just women in general. It is also a play about where we grew up, the place that shapes us the most and no matter where we are from, there is no place like home. Now it's time for my guest of the day. It is Maria Ferguson and we are putting it together. done it relatively recently um obviously i didn't do it through all of covid but i've done it twice since the restrictions have been lifted a bit so i did it once in hornchurch in essex very close to where i grew up and i went to school um and then i did it in skipton (laughs) skipton town hall um and that was maybe like a couple of months ago um, but some of the restrictions were still in. Mm-hmm. Um, so people were like distanced. Everyone was wearing masks. Um, so even though it, it sold quite well, it didn't feel like it because everyone had to be like spaced out and stuff. So it was really great to get back on stage. Um, but it also was super weird because, you know, you can't really tell if people are enjoying something when they've got a mask on. Mm-hmm. It's quite hard to like feed off um, people's responses and emotions you're like are they are they smiling (laughs) can i tell by their eyes especially a show that did you write it with the fringe in mind i wrote it so i wrote it while i was on soho writers lab and i wrote it for uh vault Mm -hmm. i had vault um in my mind and then thought if it goes well then maybe i'd take it to edinburgh i ended up going straight on to a uk tour um off the back of vault so i didn't do it in the fringe in 2019 and i thought maybe i'll do it there next year and <laughs> dun, dun, dun. we all know what happened there <laughs> it's funny when you're telling stories about you know what happened before covid mm. and you get up to and then you go and then and everyone goes oh yeah you know, it's like it's this collective sigh because we all we all know what happened 
I mean, just, you know, for artists, it's like everyone's got their, oh, I was supposed to do a show. I was supposed to do mm -hmm. this. I was supposed to do that. I had a poetry collection come out less than two weeks before the first lockdown and I'd been sort of like working on it for like years it was <laughs> so like a launch okay. booked so it was um kind of launch yeah so it was type. um released like it it was released and I was supposed to have the book launch sort of the next month and I remember ringing the venue and going oh yeah we'll just like put it back and do it in the summer um still haven't had that yeah book launch what is it called it's called all right girl so my so my first two shows, my first show was called Fat Girls Don't Dance. My second show was called Essex Girl. And my poetry collection is called All Right Girl. And they're sort of like, I see them not as a trilogy as such because they don't follow on, but I feel like it sort of encapsulates a certain period of my life. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the work I do is autobiographical or based. And what period does, what age? I guess like that? from from sort of 15 16 to like late 20s mid to mid to late 20s mm -hmm. that sort of period where you're sort of getting to know yourself finding out you know sort of um who you are really and just shaping yourself as a as a person and why is that important for you as a writer to explore that i think especially as a woman i feel like it's it's a very um challenging time but also um you know it lays the foundations for you and for the rest of your life you know everything seems so um important and like <laughs> dramatic do you know what i mean especially when you're sort of like a teenager or you're in your early 20s you don't really know who you are or what you want or what you like or you know every and every everything's like you you feel like you should be doing all of the things all of the time you know um i just think it's a really formative time um in your life and one where you make a lot of choices and yeah i just find it really interesting to reflect on now i'm a little bit older it's also hilarious like talking as a 16 year old for an hour when i'm like 32 going on 33 <laughs> And do you find, is there any part of you that kind of feels that like you want to encapsulate that time for younger women that might come and see it? Absolutely. Maybe a bit of a light for them because me personally, I, th I don't feel like young women are helped at all. Mm. Really, even the way that we're kind of pitted against each other and mm. I think there could be so much more education in school for young women about how to be allies for of each course. other yeah and it's so funny like well it's not funny at all <laughs> famously not funny famously not funny but you know all the stuff in in Essex Girl about sort of you know you have girls who are your mates but you but they're not your they're mates they're not your friends yeah Do you know what I mean and the way you see yourself, the way you compare yourself to other people. There's a lot in Essex Girl about consent and that is a very, mm -hmm. you know, that's muddy water, whatever age you are, whatever gender you are. Um, but it's something that needs to be talked about. And I feel like up until this point um, in my career, I've really tried to write things, write plays, write poetry, whatever, um, 
that I would have found useful when I was that age and what I wish I could have accessed mm-hmm. growing up and to be like oh you know that's okay or oh that's um you know it's not just me yeah kind of thing yeah my niece is 11 I hope that's correct um <laughs> she was, but she's a uh, you know a cons- see her she's kind of cheap like especially over the kind of lockdown and stuff all of a sudden she's going to high school she was in primary I don't know whatever mm. halfway through primary six now she's gone up to high school and I do have like what all these worries and you realize that you can't I almost want to kind of armor with all the facts but you can't yeah totally she needs to find it all out for herself but through like so I feel as if like schools could be so much more, I mean, about loads of stuff, loads mm. of stuff. The education system could be a lot better that people kind of... Get a bit, of course, get a bit yeah. More. And I've been lucky enough to sort of go back to my old school um, and share work with um, the pupils there now. Mm. I went back as like the guest of honour for prize giving and it was like, I felt like a celeb. Like, oh, that's in, amazing. Just, like, Did you read some of your... St- I did like a a speech but I've done other things where I've gone and done workshops with the girls and read some of my work and um, my first show Fat Girls Don't Dance was all about um, body image and like relationship with with your body and with food and stuff like that and I think again at that sort of age um, that is a massive thing to navigate Mm -hmm. and should be talked about um as much as possible really there's so it's, there's so much stigma surround surrounding things that shouldn't have stigma attached to them you know and even moving forward the stuff that i'm starting to write now like it's more relative to to me now that i'm like that little bit older but it's still all these things that have like stigma attached to them whether that's you know sort of um the expectation around marriage or having children, fertility, mm-hmm. miscarriage, all of these things that have this high stigma when it's like, well, why? Yeah. Even the kind of, you know, the the fact that it's not spoken about how much kind of depression women experience after having children mm. and stuff like that. It's all like, there's just no kind of education around it. That makes me so happy to know that you've went back to your school with like Essex Girl and other things that you mm. have written because it's something I think about a lot funnily I don't know why I just kind of think it would be useful to go into schools with maybe for boys as well I don't well yeah definitely yeah. there's stuff that's absolutely you know there's education that needs to be kind of you need to get in and get them while they're they're early and yeah, can help help them out a bit yeah especially with like I just cannot imagine um, having the level of social media that young Mm-mm. people have today when I was at school. It's no. a minefield. Yeah. As, and it's and you can't... You, we are addicted to them. We mm. are addicted to screens. Yeah. I'm a... You know, and I think... God, I was bad enough at school. Yeah. Because I had decided I wanted to be an actor. So I was like, I was out like drinking the night before my maths exam, which is one of my kind of, I look back and I'm like, for God's sake. But see if there were screens. I, me, as a student at that age, I would have got nothing done. Yeah. Nothing. I'd, I'd, I'd had no, I just like that. Mm. Yeah. 
I think scary. when when we were at school, or certainly when I was at school, it's like drinking was the thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And you'd go over the park and you know drink MD twenty twenty or whatever <laughs> white light. Smoke fags with then your fan uh, pals smoke fags with gloves on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. My friend Emma had a smoking glove. It makes her sound the like one. Smoke, one smoking glove Singular that she would like wrap glove. in a plastic bag and like. Oh hilarious. my god, that is so funny. Ridiculous. I used to rub like coppers and stuff on my fingers to like get rid of the smell and stuff like that. Ridiculous, but that that was sort of like the vice. Do you know what I mean? Or the oh the the thing. And I feel like now kids just well not kids I shouldn't say that but young people. Um, it's their phones. Mm-hmm. I don't really think young people um, like drink and smoke and have that sort of um, social um, st- stuff as much. Or when I go into schools, it doesn't seem to be. It seems to be that they're at the gym. They go to the gym and they use their phones and they make TikTok videos or like Snapchat each mm-hmm. other. And then you have a whole minefield as well about images, personal images, sharing images, mm-hmm. public images. Photoshopping as well. Yeah. I think it's just the w- wildest thing. And maybe I'm I'm naive, I don't know, but I only I only learned about editing photos maybe three months ago. Mm. Didn't realise that was a thing that people just do. There's but apps scary. and stuff, isn't it? To scary. just completely alter as if it wasn't yourself. hard enough. Yeah. And at, like like I said, I've you know, I've had terrible problems with my image, mm-hmm. you know, my body, my relationship with food, my relationship with myself. I cannot imagine what it would have been like to have those extra pressures and to have those oh, you know, you're you're literally distorting yourself to look a, a certain way. And then when that doesn't you know, add up to the reality, you know, that whole Instagram versus reality mm-hmm. thing. Very damaging, man. Yeah. I, I worry as well because we're already, especially in the West, we're so detached from, you know, what it means to be human mm-hmm. and our bodies. And, you know, it's like, don't suffer and be happy and all this kind of stuff. And I find that's yeah. a really quite a toxic narrative that I'm a bit like, this needs to be checked quickly, all this you know it's like quick quick fix self-care yeah that's kind of very very prominent on instagram and stuff like that and we're already so detached so we don't know how to sit with our feelings we don't know how to suffer we don't know and suffering is a massive part of what it means to be human it's a massive part of our lives and we're so and i think that introduction of phones is even more so because we don't just sit even on a train we don't just sit and look out the window and in that time your thought you think and you kind of work through some stuff and no we just yeah gone and this whole fixation of you know like happiness sure everyone wants to be happy it's actually quite fucking hard to be happy mm-hmm. sometimes oh sorry can i swear on this? yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> beep. can we beep over you there i'll be up editing later sorry, on maria, maria ferguson's <laughs> swearing again um no it just it, it you know, I went into a shopping centre the other day and I was just lo- looking around um, some shops, like trying to find a top or something. And there are all these like slogans on these T-shirts, like, you know, happy is the new rich and just sort of, it, I don't know, just sort of like this really sort of cheesy but 
sort of unattainable slogan commercial happiness yeah it's happiness but like bam bam not it's you know it's yeah like, that's easy self-love love yourself yeah. it was like uh i don't know like talking about um like be your be yourself and all this sort of stuff which is great and i really do think that you know there should be positive mm-hmm. messaging but at the same time it feels like really yeah like commercial yeah like it's capital you know yeah everything is isn't it well yeah and i totally get it about the phone i was saying to my husband the other day like if we we're in the pub and one of us goes to the toilet even mm-hmm. you just pick up your phone you like you literally just, just, go, oh, just go on my phone or you know watching telly but having your phone in your hand i yeah i'm terrible for it as well i mean i've just been we driving around scotland the most gorgeous sort of scenery and sometimes my husband who was driving had to be sort of like look look and i'd be like what am i doing and like turn my phone mm-hmm. off and like put it in a bag and just like and we're adults it. so we can put po- like police ourselves hopefully and mm. that but then you think about kind of 14 year olds that don't have any sort of self-control yet yeah and that that's sort of like their key to popularity and then you've Mm -hmm. got the whole thing that people make livings out of it now right sort Mm -hmm. of like if you get enough followers on tiktok you can just be an influencer or if you get enough subscribers on youtube or you know like hashtag ad Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know sort of like being a yeah an influencer um and no shade to people that do that i think that's a great you know a great way to be able to earn living but it's this expectation like oh kids think i can get rich off yeah off that monetizing everything as monetizing well, everything monetizing yeah. absolutely everything down to the simple pleasures of our our life or like even just hobbies that you have now it's like how can i monetize that how can i make that part of my career or like i can play the piano i can't play it particularly well but there was a point maybe last year where i was like i need to get really good at this so i can say i can like act and play the piano and dance and clean you know and spin plates and do whatever it's like mm. this i feel like you need to I'm like you're not that good and that's okay just <laughs> something good to do it's something good for your brain it's something yeah. else to be able to do but it doesn't need to be like put into something that you can make money off of or it becomes it's just a hobby mm. so you said you took um essex girl to essex yeah what how what was the reception oh my god i love doing it in essex i've done it in essex a few times i've done it in south end done it in hornchurch i've done it where else did i do it it in colchester i can't remember but i just love like bringing it home do you know what i mean and then i've got people there like my mates from school like come to see it or whatever and they're all sort of like nudging each other like we know what she's talking about like Mm -hmm. do you remember this do you remember that like not everything in the show is um is true or autobiographical but it's rooted in that world do you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like our world when we were that age and you know the characters are made up of like loads of different people that i knew at the time and but just being a, it's like little references or little words that maybe in other parts of the country people wouldn't register but in essex they're like pissing themselves laughing when you said um liquor liquor i've never heard of that before you know no i've never heard it there you go see so is that like a, a sauce yeah it's like Amazing. it's like gravy but it's like a parsley sauce basically 
So, like I say in the show, it looks a bit weird because it's like green. <laughs> so, have you never had a pro- like an East Empire match? I've not. <gasps> Where do you do you live in Scotland? Yes, I do. Okay, okay. If you go down to London, which I'm sh- sure you, mm-hmm. you you might do, um, and you go to East London, just make sure you have liquor on your pie match. Just trust me. Okay? I will. Oh no, I will. Just do it and put a little vinegar mm-hmm. on it. Bit of bit of black pepper. They actually I'm starving. <laughs> I'm so hungry. I haven't eaten today either. I've just realised got a cheese twist in my bag. Oh, oh wait, right. Um but and they give you a spoon to eat it with. So you eat like a pie and mash with like a fork and a spoon. Right, okay. So you Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean it is it I'm trying to so do you have both what a fork in one hand and a spoon in the other? Yeah, I mean, you can, you can, you can mix chop and change, you know. A bit like when you're eating ramen and you might use the spoon and then put the spoon down yeah. and then you kind of do a bit of a. But like, because you've got like all the liquor and then the mash is quite sloppy, you know, the spoon, mm-hmm. spoon it up, you know, and you can use the spoon, like you can do, you can cut into that pie with a spoon, no probs. That's true. But in the pie, you know, like how you get like really fancy pies or like nice when they've got like big chunks of meat in and like gravy or whatever. Pie mash isn't like that. It's like a sort of, it's a different pastry on the bottom, sort of like a short crusty kind of pastry. And then like m- just mints and gravy inside mm-hmm. with like a different pastry on top, like a flakier pastry on the top. And it comes with like <laughs> mash, but it's like an ice cream scoop of mash. And then it sort of smears onto, they sort of smear it off onto the plate and, and then liquor. The and then the liquor on top. Yeah. I usually have I usually have one and one, so one pie and one mash, or you can have like one and two, two and one, two and two, two and two, and yeah. I was listening. <laughs> if I'm especially hungover, maybe I'd have two and two. Sounds fab. But I'm not one for the eels, to be honest with you. Again, that was something I did. I was like, an eel? What is that? You've never heard of jelly deals? No. Oh God, my nan used to love jelly deals and she'd be like, go on, go on, have a jelly deal. I'd be like, absolutely not, nan. What are you doing? It's got a chance, nan. <laughs> nan? Behave yourself, nan. <laughs> She's had it. My mum likes them as well and she likes a roll mop. Do you know what a roll mop is? No. That's like a, I think it's like, is it herring or something? Mm. It's fish anyway, but it's like rolled up. And Ooh. it's got, oh, it's jelly. It's horrible. No, not for me. Um... You know, pickled egg. <laughs> I've heard of pickled eggs because I've worked Kirkin, in pubs. Pickled onion, all that sort of heard stuff. Heard of all that. But for me, pie mash and liquor, you're good to go. I'm going to, I'm maybe just make a, a wee trip to the East End, especially for should. it. Especially you know, for it. It's a, it's a special, don't come for me because <laughs> some people like, well, some people think it's disgusting, you know, but it's home mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And that's that's so important, isn't it? Because that c- it comes through in the in the play. You've got um, obviously the, th- the th- kind of obviously diff- lots of different themes going on. But then there's a kind of switch towards the end, you know, where you go back. To, but this is home, mm. and that is so important, isn't it? Because I come from a kind of small town outside Glasgow, and a lot of the things that you were referencing, I was like, yep. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. All of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different, different place. Especially, you know, you said when we're women are called girls. Yeah, that drives me mad. Yeah, me too. That drives me insane. 
I just can't get my head around it. I really can't because even the term Essex girl, right? So if I meet someone, I'm like, yeah, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Essex. Wait, Essex girl. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and the, ter- the the whole reason I started writing the play in the first place was because um, I found out that the term Essex girl is in the dictionary. Like, it's in the Oxford English Dictionary. It's in the Collins Dictionary. It's, you know, it's got a definition. What other county in the whole of the UK has that? Why is why has Essex got this stereotype? What is the definition? (laughs) Strap in. Here we go. It's um, a girl or young woman. No, a working class girl or young woman found in or around the Essex area. Fair enough. That bit is kind of okay. fine. Although okay. you can't really. I'm say sure there's people that are, there's are lots not of different classes class, in Essex yeah. as well. Um, who is frequently categorised as unintelligent, promiscuous, and devoid of taste. Mm. And when would that have been added? Oh, materialistic. Materialistic unintelligent, sexually promiscuous and devoid of taste. And that's been in the dictionary since the early 90s. Right. And there's been various sort of um, attempts to get it changed or taken out. I think it's been changed a little, but not much, um, and is still there. But it's the, the whole thing. It's like, okay, so there's this stereotype with Essex, but like you say, if you watch my show... It doesn't matter where I do it in the UK. I always get people come up to me and be like, oh, yeah, that's like that's like this, that's like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like, you know. So why has Essex it's been... It's a universal experience. How has that happened, that Essex has been kind of pinpointed yeah. as this, almost like the butt of the joke? I mean, I've, I've done a lot of research into it, and the answer is I, I still don't know. But there's a lot um, about sort of... Um, What's it called? So people from London like moving a bit further out and sort of uh, new money, sort of new um, conservative, Mm -hmm. aspirational uh, voting and stuff like this. So like this this aspiration of, you know, working class person done done good kind of thing. How dare they? Yeah. Yeah. So... I guess it's this sort of, you know, it used to be all the white stilettos, dance around your handbag, tan, watch, all of that sort of stuff. And I suppose that's been reinforced by things like The Only Way is Essex and even going back like birds of a feather and stuff like that, Mm. you know. But it's bullshit. It's just nonsense, isn't it? And again, it's that um, don't get ideas, you know, that you're saying about that kind of aspirational working class people, like, oh, how dare the working class get ideas above their station? Yeah, and it's like, oh, well, look at them. They still look, they they look so tacky. Yeah, or you can still tell. Because you can tell they're they're not from money. I mean, all that old money, new money, Christ alive, Mm. it's a nightmare. Mm. I just got a lovely, like, burst of happiness when uh, you said dancing around your handbags <laughs> you used to love about dancing around my handbag oh, yeah there's no shame gonna hold it. this is the thing like people i think i i do think that some people would expect me 
to have some sort of shame about where I'm from. I have nothing but pride, Mm -hmm. nothing but pride wherever. I love it. I love where I'm from. I love the people there. I love the way the the way we are, and I just there's nothing like it. Like I I don't live um, in the south anymore. I live in Leeds. I live in Yorkshire because I married a Yorkshireman. Mm. <laughs> he stole Good, me away. Goodness gracious, <laughs> weeks me up to the hills. <laughs> yeah, but he he's always said, and I agree that Essex, it and and sort of East London that sort of area feels like it shouldn't even be in the south it's like its own place and it's much more akin to more northern places Mm -hmm. where there's this like sense of community camaraderie people talk to each other people are sort of you know they're loud and they're you know sort of proud like yeah yeah and 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 i love it and when i go home um and when i see my mates and stuff there's just nothing like it there's nowhere like Essex for me. There's no place like home. No place like home. (laughs) Indeed. Well, thank you so much, Maria, for chatting to me. Thanks for having me. It's been a lovely chat. It has been a good old a good old chinwag, hasn't it? (laughs) I have been thinking for a long time about how we can use theatre to speak to young adults in schools about how to show up for each other better, especially young women who are often made to feel that they are in competition with other women. Um, Yeah, I think it's really important to kind of try and stamp that really toxic thing out. So it gave me hope to hear that Maria has taken Essex Girl and some of her other work back to her old school. More of this, please. That's it for another episode of Shedcast, brought to you by Putting It Together. Bye-bye, folks.